Hey guys, WFAN the Kid here, and today I will be sharing with you my week 14 NFL predictions. Last week I went 10-4-1. That was my overall record, counting the Giants Commanders tie as a tie. And some of the bigger games from last week were the Jets at the Minnesota Vikings. You know as a Jets fan, this was a really interesting game. I went in with hopeful expectations. I picked my Jets to win the game. And it looked pretty terrible in the first half. But this game did turn out to be a tale of two halves. After trailing 20-3 near the end of the first half, the Jets performed extremely well in the second half, especially defensively. And they clawed their way back, made it a close game, but in the end just could not finish in the red zone, and they fell 27-22. to Then the Commanders at the Giants, we know how huge of a game this was with playoff implications. And it ended up being a tie. So my prediction for this one, I guess, tie? Not really wrong, not really right, but it's kind of exactly in my mind how these two teams match up. Their skill level is very indicative of the result, which was a tie. And it really makes things even more interesting now, because you thought if one team was going to win that game, it would have given them a real edge over the other in the playoffs, but now it just makes things even closer. They still will play again later in the year. And the last big game of the week that I included was the Chiefs at the Bengals. How could I not include this one? Rematch of last year's AFC Championship, where the Bengals shocked everybody, made it to the Super Bowl. My prediction for this one? Incorrect. I had the Chiefs winning, getting some revenge for the heartbreaking way that they lost in the AFC Championship. And they couldn't do it. They fell short. Patrick Mahomes is not to blame. He put on a pretty nice offensive performance. But Joe Burrow just looks absolutely unstoppable. It was a close game, but at the end of the day, the Chiefs did fall out of the number one seed, which they had been holding on to for quite a few weeks. But anyway, getting into week number 14 now. We begin tonight on Thursday Night Football. The Raiders at the Rams. Give me the Raiders for this one. If you asked me this going into the season, I would have most definitely picked the Rams. But just about everything, and I mean everything, has gone wrong for the Rams this year. First, it was the inability to close games and lack of offensive and defensive efficiency for that matter. Their defense was kind of their X factor last year that carried them as far as it did, and it just hasn't been the same this year. And then you look at Injuries that they've suffered, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, all will not play this week. And with that many huge names out of the game day roster, you can't expect results. And that is why this team is going to finish with a losing record this year. They suffered their ninth loss of the season last week against Seattle. And tonight against the Raiders, I can't see it being too much of a different story. The one huge move 
that the Rams did make this week, which surprised me, at least. Baker Mayfield. You know, uh, Panthers got him from Cleveland, had high hopes for him, didn't work out. But at this point in the year, I don't really know why. I do understand that John Wolford, who they hope to start, is questionable, meaning that Baker Mayfield could be starting at quarterback in a couple of hours, which is really interesting to think. Um, I don't see the need for it. I don't. You could call up another third-string guy from the practice squad. You could call up whoever you want. Matthew Stafford should be the quarterback next year for this Rams team. I don't think it's fair to get rid of him, and I'm not saying that they brought Baker in to take his job, but it's just a very interesting acquisition at this point in the year when they're essentially done. Josh Jacobs for the Raiders, uh, I think he's going to have a field day tonight. I think he'll have a big game. He's been a huge part of the Rams' three consecutive, I mean, sorry, the Raiders' three consecutive wins, 482 rushing yards, three touchdowns in those last three games. Then we move on to Sunday. The 1 o'clock games on Sunday open up with the Vikings at the Detroit Lions. I'm picking the Vikings in this one. But that might come as a shock to some of you because apparently the Lions are favored in this matchup. And I do have a bone to pick with the odds makers here because how do you have a 10-2 team against a 5-7 and seven team, no matter how hot they are, losing. Like, how does that work? What went through their mind to say, oh, the Lions should be winning this? I understand that they've won 4 out of 5 games. I understand that their offense is performing extremely well. But I just can't believe that with how dominant the Vikings have been, with some of the wins that they got, sweeping the AFC East where every team is 500 or better, yet the Lions are the favorites. Does not sit right with me, and I definitely think that the Vikings are going to win this. With a win or a tie, the Vikings will clinch officially the divisional title. It's pretty obvious that they're going to do that already. Kirk Cousins and JJ did look a little bit off against my Jets last weekend, but this Lions defense is very inexperienced. It has holes. Don't let the seemingly good performance last week against Jacksonville fool you. This is not a very good defensive team. So I, I have to absolutely go with the Vikings in this one. Next game up is the Ravens at the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm taking the Steelers in this one. I mentioned it in probably the last two or three podcasts that this AFC North is the Ravens' division to lose, and that's what they're doing. First, they barely beat the Panthers, then actually fall, lose by a point to the Jaguars. Now Lamar Jackson goes down against uh, the 3-8 and Broncos they were at the time on Sunday. Trey Huntley has to come in and only gets them the win on a last-second touchdown. And Trey Huntley as he proved in his time that he came in over there for the Ravens, is not necessarily the guy that you want at the helm of your ship. He's not the quarterback that you want to have in down the stretch here. But it's going to have to be certainly for this week, and who knows how many more, because 
like I said, Lamar is going to be week to week with a sprained PCL. The quarterback situation for the Steelers is looking quite promising. They've managed to claw their way up to 5-7, and seven, beat the Falcons on the road last week. And I, I can say relatively confidently that Kenny Pickett looks like an important, good piece for the Steelers. You know, he looks like he could be the quarterback of the future for them. So I have them winning this one at home against the Ravens. And that would be a pretty big win for them. Could really shake, th- shake things up um, in the division. And speaking of the AFC North, the other two teams square off, the Browns and the Bengals. These two teams did meet earlier in the year. The Browns <laughs> killed the Bengals. They won 32-13. to I don't see a, repa- a repeat of this this week. I'm taking the Bengals. Uh, Joe Burrow was unstoppable against the Chiefs, both this week and in the AFC Championship and after a shaky start, the Bengals are up to 8-4 and four in the 5th seed. And like I just briefly mentioned, looking to push up to the number 1 spot in the division. Now, the Bengals have suffered 3 of the 4 losses on the year within that AFC North. They've lost one time to each of the 3 teams. So that is really the one key down the stretch over here for the Bengals to win this. They are going to play the Ravens again, if I'm not mistaken. Let me see here. Yes. Yes, the Bengals are going to be versing the Ravens last game of the year. So that one game could really go down to determining who takes it. But as for this week, I'm going to say the Bengals do it. You know, Deshaun Watson kind of has his first true challenge. Uh, His first game against his former team, the Texans, who are the losers of the year. They sit at 1-10-1 now. So this is an interesting game for him to go out there and face a really threatening team. We'll see how he does. Then the Jets at the Bills. Give me the Bills in this one. It pains me to say uh, the Bills will win this. It pains me any time I pick against my Jets. But I cannot see the Jets doing this, unfortunately. It is possible. The Jets stunned me and everybody else when they beat Buffalo 20-17 to right before their bye. So maybe they could do it again. You know, you think to yourself if they could do it with Zach Wilson, now you bring Mike White and maybe... He'll do even better. Maybe he'll score more than 20 points against Buffalo. Certainly a possibility when you think about Von Miller out for the year with a torn ACL. We already knew his timetable going into this week was not going to permit him to play against the Jets. But when you think about the playoff games that the Bills are going to have upcoming and... Uh, against Miami, all these divisional games that he could be so very effective in, it is a huge loss for them. He did lead Buffalo uh, in sacks, I believe, with eight. The Jets' main struggle in that loss to Minnesota was the red zone. 
one for six. You cannot go one for six in the red zone and think that you're going to win many football games. And it was really the Jets' own fault, in a way. They had it down there, and I mean like in the t inside of the 10-yard line some of these times that they failed to convert, including the crucial, crucial uh, near-end-of-the-game drive where there was about three or so minutes to go, had it inside the 5-yard line first and goal, Zonovan Knight, first play, gets us down to the 1. So that means the Jets had three plays from the one-yard line. Couldn't do it on second down, couldn't do it on third down, fourth down. Braxton Berrios cannot control uh, the pass from Mike White. Well, it wasn't a perfect pass, but still one that you felt, that I felt, he should have come up with. And that that was the chance for the Jets. If they want to beat Buffalo, they're going to have to take advantage of anything they could get, because Buffalo's defense is definitely more scarier to me than Minnesota's. Then we move on to the next game. It is the Texans at the Cowboys in the Battle of Texas. I expect a thrashing from the Dallas Cowboys here. They're overwhelming favorites going in, and for good reason, because their defense and offense... I would honestly both rank in the top five. On offense, you have Dak Prescott. You have a lethal running back duo in Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard. You have CeeDee Lamb, who's really lit it up here in year number three for him. You have Dalton Schultz, who could be a quick, easy target for Dak Prescott. There's so many ways that you can be hurt by them. And then defensively, out of nowhere, they've apparently built this force of a defense. Uh, Micah Parsons, of course, my Penn State guy, love him, love watching him, is a main catalyst in that. So I think this is really just more of a buy how much thing, covering the spread or not, because I don't think the Texans really stand a chance. Then the Eagles at the Giants. We're here in week 14, and this is the first meeting between the division rivals. <clears throat> Last week, the Eagles absolutely demolished the Titans 35-10. to Definitely more lopsided than I thought going into it. A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts just continue their dominance. Um, Tennessee, I did think that they were going to have a solid year kind of kind of right around where my expectations were. I did think the Colts would edge them out for the division, but at this point it's pretty much looking like the Titans are going to run away with that division. But getting back to the Eagles' opponent, the Giants, they tied. Only the second tie in the league this season. And they're kind of fighting for their playoff lives. If you look at the Giants' last five games, Vikings, Washington Commanders, Colts, and the Eagles times two, two match matchups left against Eagles. It's going to be rough. I think that they need to get to 10 wins 
to comfortably say, hey, I'm good. I'm going to be in this. But I don't know where to place the three wins. Minnesota, I don't think so. The Eagles, I can't really see it. Washington is kind of a toss-up, and the Colts they should be able to take. So it's really going to come down to the stretch in this NFC wildcard race. The four teams kind of in the mix over there are the Seahawks, Giants, Commanders, Cowboys. I think the Cowboys kind of have this wrapped up, and I think it's more between the Seahawks, Commanders, and Giants to see kind of which two are in and which one goes home. Then the final 1 o'clock game we have on the slate is the Jaguars at the Titans. Just talked about the Titans, and it was not a pretty showing at all from them whatsoever against Philadelphia. Going in, I thought that there was hope for them. I thought they'd make it interesting, but they didn't. They looked flat, and the huge thing that the Eagles were able to limit was Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry had a little to no success in that game. But the Jaguars' defense is a different story. I think Derrick Henry is way too much for that Jaguars' defense that just gave up 40 or more, 40 something points to the Lions. I don't think they could really stop Derrick. And especially if they take care of this one, if not already, you kind of feel, like I said uh, just a little bit ago, that this AFC South is going to go to the Titans. They currently sit at 7-5, and five, where the Colts and Jaguars, the nearest threat to them, both sit at 4 wins. So it kind of looks like the Titans will be in the playoffs when it's all said and done. Then the 4 o'clock Sunday games, we have three of them coming up this weekend. The first of which features the Chiefs at the and the Broncos. First meeting between these two teams this season... Russell Wilson, for the Broncos, has just led a non-existent offense. Nothing going for them right at the bottom of the league in points scored. They had a huge opportunity against the Ravens when their starting quarterback is out for almost the whole game. And they were leading for, again, almost the whole game with an early touchdown. But they just... Uh, could not do it. The Broncos fell to the Ravens right at the end, and that's kind of been the story of the season for the Broncos. They've had a couple overtime defeats, um, a lot of close, hard-fought games that the defense has kept them in, but Russell Wilson hasn't held up his end of the bargain. And I think at this point it's fair to say, definitively, Seattle has won this trade. Because you thought, going into this, oh, it favor it heavily favors Denver. But they're sitting at 3-9 and nine right now, leading to major questions about whether Russell Wilson is going to work for them as their quarterback for the coming years. And you look at Seattle having an absolute ball. You thought they would be last in the division at the bottom of the league. At least I did. But they're right there in the playoff mix. Seven wins. So it's interesting how that's panned out. Mahomes and the Chiefs, I think this will be a pretty easy W for him. And they're going to look to regain the number one seed 
that they've currently lost out to to the Bills. Certainly uh, time to do that with five games to go. Then the Panthers at the Seahawks is the next game. I'm going to take the Seattle Seahawks. There's no more Baker Mayfields in Carolina. Darnold will be the one starting for their second consecutive game. A couple weeks ago, (laughs) there's another person who uh, beat the Broncos. And I I think that's pretty respectable in his first outing of the year to go up against a respectable defense that Denver has and do well. Uh, But the Seahawks um, do have eyes on first place in their division, especially after the Garoppolo injury. Leads to big questions for the 49ers, whether their offense will be able to keep it going under Brock Purdy, formerly Mr. Irrelevant, before he performed very well against the Dolphins. The only concern that I have for the Seahawks in this one is that Kenny Walker, which has been such an effective weapon for them, the rookie running back, is questionable. But I I have faith in the Seahawks pulling this game out and getting the win. Final 4 o'clock game from Sunday. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the San Francisco 49ers. 49ers, you're feeling really good. You have a building win streak. And we see another quarterback injury. Garoppolo goes down with an injured foot. Initially thought to be season-ending. A couple days ago, revealed not to be the case. He could return in the postseason. And that that's an interesting question because you have to see how Brock Purdy does. If he's leading this team to good things, you might not want to bring on Garoppolo, who's missed... Uh, what'll be six to eight weeks, sounds like. But nonetheless, Brock Purdy impressed against the Dolphins, as I just mentioned. Played very well, got the W. While the Buccaneers also did win, but in a much more dramatic fashion. Primetime, Monday Night Football. For whatever reason, this team struggles against the Saints. Every meeting is an issue for them. They did sweep the season series this year, but it was not easy. I remember the first one, for so much of it, was a defensive, gritty battle. 3-3, three to three, I think, going into the fourth quarter before the Bucks pulled away with it. And this one it took even longer for the Buccaneers to wake up. It took about the last six minutes for them to really do anything. They were down 16-3. to 16-3 before Brady... Gained possession of the football with under six minutes to go. Went down and got the first touchdown of the game for Tampa Bay. Giving them a little bit of hope. Made it a 16-10 football game. So then, they go out and give the Saints back the football. They want to run, uh, waste as much time as they can, get first downs. Didn't see that. They went backwards, actually. And the Bucks wasted no time in getting the football back. And they perfectly played it out to where they got the game-winning touchdown, along with the extra point. With three seconds remaining on the clock, 
and they take this one 17 to 16. And I can't express how huge that is for the Bucks to really give themselves a cushion in this NFC South because if they lose, they're going to be sitting at five and seven. The Saints are going to be up there sitting at five and eight, along with the five and eight Falcons, and you're going to have three five-win teams fighting for that number one place. But with this win, the Bucks really do give themselves protections, protection, and they sit at six and six. 49ers are going to be my pick in this one, though. I think at home they have the advantage, and more importantly, I think they have the more talented defense to get the job done and limit Brady. They lead the NFL in points against. They are the only remaining team to have not yet given up 200 points at this point in the season. So that's it for the 4 o'clock games. Now moving on to Sunday Night Football. I was surprised uh, when I read this and saw this. Third Sunday Night Football game of the year for the Chargers. Not too many teams get the honor of three games on NBC Sunday Night, but the Chargers do. And sadly for them, they have been 0-2 so far, losing to the Chiefs and their uh, state rivals, the 49ers. They have an opportunity, though, to win one of these Sunday night games against the Dolphins. I don't think they will. I think Tua Tagovailoa and Miami are going to go there, win the football game. It's a battle of the third-year quarterbacks. And this year, Tua's been the better one. There's not much of a debate there. Him and Tyree Kill have turned out to be such a good relationship. Going into the year, people were saying, can Tua and Tyreek Hill be an effective duo? They were saying, oh, Tyreek is too good, quote, too good for um, Tua. But they've really thrived. Tyreek Hill's had a fantastic year. Um, already well over 1,000 receiving yards. And I think he's going to add to it, add to it a lot in this game. The Dolphins could really go anywhere, really. Nothing is guaranteed, but with this particular game, they could drop down to 7th in the standings, or all the way up to 2 and pass Buffalo if the Jets can win against them. So really, uh, they could ping-pong around in many seats, depending on what goes on in the other AFC matchups. So, yeah, my pick is still going to remain with the Dolphins on Sunday night. Monday night football, I have the final game of the week being an upset. I'm taking the Cardinals to beat the Patriots. The Cardinals, for quite some time now, have been undermanned. No more Zach Ertz. Kyler Murray has missed some time. So has Hopkins with his uh, unavailability earlier on in the year. And he's questionable again with an illness for this one. This is a crucial game for the New England Patriots. Sitting just outside the AFC playoff picture right now. One game behind the Jets. I don't think they get it done. Their defense, which looked like a machine, especially after holding the Jets to three points, 
has given up 57 points in their last two matchups. 5-7. Matthew Judon hasn't been as effective as he was earlier on. And even if he is, nobody else has truly stepped up for them. And Kyler Murray should look to take advantage of this, especially with his legs. I think he could be effective running the ball against New England. I do. And it should be an interesting Monday night contest overall. Alright, thank you guys for listening. This has been WFAN The Kid with my weekly predictions. And have a good night.